Set your phasers to sexy Welcome, everybody, to a new episode of True North Nerd. Yay! This week, um, it, it's been a busy week, so we didn't really nail down a full topic, but we're definitely talking WandaVision, so there will be spoilers later on in the episode, and we will also be talking the news. But before that, we have Jen. Hi. We have Ryan. Hello. And we have Kevin. Hi. So, Ryan, what is in the news this episode? What's in the news? Okay, where to start? Where to start? Um, Let's start with a trailer. We got Godzilla vs. Kong trailer. Ooh. Yeah. I was excited yeah. to see it. I want to see some <laughs> giant monster action. Um, okay. I'm glad Brent has other people to see this movie with than me. Well, Brent, well, I don't uh, think, uh, Jen, I don't think any of us will be seeing it in seeing the it theater, with each other. So. No, but like if you wanted to to watch it with somebody over Facebook or Netflix or something like that, you can still do that. That's yeah. true. And the point is that I don't have to be there. <laughs> I don't care about giant. But it's monsters a giant anymore. monkey fighting a giant lizard. We, I don't How like. How can monkeys. you not love that? We've had this discussion about how I don't like monkeys. <laughs> so then you're on Team Godzilla. Yeah, I guess. But I still don't want to watch it. It's fault. <laughs> but yeah, so we have the to... Um, words in the English language. <laughs> the, uh, the trailer's pretty... You know, it's, it's pretty. There's some nice... Uh, it's nicely shot. The, the graphics look to be uh, top-notch. Uh, it is coming out in March... Uh, the, it did get bumped. I think it's the 29th. Mm. Or, it's around that weekend, the end of March. Uh, it's after the Snyder Cut gets released. Yay. Um, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, so there's that, and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, sticking with Giant Monsters, I, did you guys see the trailer for the new anime coming to Netflix, Pacific Rim The Black? I've seen clips from it, yeah. Uh, it looks cool, and I like me Pacific Rim, so. At least the first one. Second, Well, the second one wasn't terrible. It was, yeah. it was okay. It could have been better, but it wasn't terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and apparently, timeline-wise, this takes place between the first and second movies. It's um, a, a oh. pair of siblings that discover an abandoned uh, Jaeger, and uh, they defend Australia. So I, guess, I think the I, I didn't. Sorry, Jen. I didn't. I didn't see the second one because I think that was when Kevin and I went and saw Hamlet, and you guys went and saw Pacific Rim. Uh, yep. I believe so. That's right. Yeah, that was a much better choice. <laughs> Hamlet. Hamlet was a good. Hamlet's it was a pretty really good, good story. Yeah, that, I think that Billy Shakespeare is going places. <laughs> one of these yeah, days, yeah. I, I, I can. See, I can see him. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. I was just trying to figure out if I had seen it, and I guess I had not. 
That's okay. Uh, oh, what did you guys hear about what happened on Wall Street? Oh, the GameStop thing. The yeah. GameStop yeah. stock market uh, oh. shenanigans. I don't, I don't understand, understand stock it. Yeah. I know, like the I know the general gist of it is, uh, a bunch of like hedge funds or something like that bought GameStop stock with the idea that when it like when the loans come due or whatever, they leverage it and then they get like a shit ton of money. Meanwhile, the company goes down the tubes. Yeah, uh, so it, very similar to what happened to Toys R Us in the states. Well, what they did was they they sh- they shorted the company, so it's not necessarily buying the stock. It's what they think the stock is overvalued. So what they do is they come in and take a. They say, "Well, I will buy a bunch of stock," and but not not right now. But I'm, I'm gonna kind of like. Put this stock aside for me, and I'll pay for it later when it comes when it, when I guess when it when it comes due. Yeah, and then they can leverage that to make loans for other money. Yeah, okay. And with the thought that when the payment on the stock comes due, they pay it back at the lower price and have made the difference off of this money that they've got from other places. Right? Like it's a it's a big shell game. Mm, right. So what happened was there's a, I guess a Reddit forum, of course, where there's Reddit forums for everything, but there's a stock market one, mm. and I guess they've tried a few times in the past where they you know they're trying to oh we should all get on in on this we should all get on on this. Well, they decided to get in on GameStop stock, which at the time was valued at six dollars a share, and that's when these companies were still under were, were shorting it, thinking it's still worth too it was being valued too high. And well, the internet came in and started buying up the stock, which drove the price up. Um, at one point, it was up, I believe, fifteen hundred percent. Yeah, it was yeah. trading at like over three hundred and fifty dollars per. Uh-huh. And so, what that did is, all these hedge funds that were shorting were then either having to continue to buy, like to short at the higher price. To keep their money, you know, to keep their keep it going as they, you know, or they'd have to buy the stock, like pay out and be out all the all this money. And so there was one hedge fund that ended up having to, I think it, it was losing so much money, it ended up having to borrow money from other hedge funds to keep itself afloat. Mm. Uh, eventually mm-hmm. there was a whole thing with the, uh, this, uh, the one app that was mostly being used called is called Robin hood. Mm-hmm. And it's an app that allows everyday people to trade stocks for free, like no charge. Usually there's like a charge per stock when you are trading stocks and, uh, they will, you know, the big thing is all this, they'll let everybody do it, but you know, so one of these hedge funds is one of the major owners of Robin Hood. And at one point, Robin Hood, all of a sudden, the app stopped letting people buy GameStop stock. Uh-huh. And so that's when other people like the, uh, like the, you know, the Senate and the, the people, the, 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 the lawmakers in the U S started taking a look at things. And be like, Oh, well, 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 wait a minute here. 
we you know there was talk about oh it's collusion it's uh, collusion it's, it's uh, they're artificially raising the stocks it's but really it's it's not because they aren't it's all individual people it's just somebody put it out there hey we should buy this yeah and they did they didn't uh there was no fake news that drove it up no secret dealings it was just all these big money companies were all of a sudden started losing money so they didn't want them playing their game anymore. Yeah, the uh, I saw a really good meme of that is of like, well, you know, you you millennials should invest your money in something, and then they do, and like, no, not like that. <laughs> That's not yeah. how you do it. <laughs> well, I've been reading about this story, and I guess Robinhood makes its money from selling the data that it gets from its investors to the big hedge fund companies. So yes. when all of a sudden their investors did something that went against the hedge fund companies, Robinhood had to shut it down or else they were going to lose a ton of money. Yeah. yeah, which is, that that brings up questions, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it just goes to show, it really puts a spotlight to show that how rigged that whole game is. Oh yeah! It's all the talk about oh, invest. You should invest in the stock market. You know, invest in the stock market. Except, it's all these big companies that are using these computers that can do trades, and you know, by the nanosecond, uh, that are the ones making the money on the stock market, not the everyday people that might be able to have a few Disney stock or Apple stock or something. Yeah. Uh, so with that out of the way, oh, oh, we had some sad news. Um, uh, actor Dustin Diamond, best known as Screech, uh, passed away at the age of 44. It was yes. a, he, yeah. This was a surprise. He uh, had stage four lung cancer that got diagnosed back in January. Mm. So I guess yeah. we won't be seeing him on the reboot of Saved by the Bell after all. Well, he had done some and said some things that led me to believe that he, they would ne- he would never be on that show. Well, I was gonna say, yeah, I don't he think, re- he I wrote don't a whole book. Ever see him there, but yeah, yeah, he wrote a whole autobiography that yeah. he then claimed that like he embellished a lot or had a ghostwriter made up shit, oh, and yeah. but that book did not sit well with the rest of the cast. No. That's why you never saw him like when uh, who was it? Not uh, Kimmel, uh, the other one. The other Jimmy. Fallon? Yeah, yeah Jimmy, Fallon. when he Jimmy Fallon yeah. brought them together, he was the one that got left out. Because the other ones were like, yeah, we'll do it, but not with that guy. Yeah. But even still, like, <laughs> it's, you know, he was a child star that, like, he avoided a good chunk of the pitfalls of many of his contemporaries. Yeah, yeah like well, and he, then, you never heard about him robbing a gas. Oh wait, he did stab a guy. He did. He did a bunch a of shit, but not until he was much older. Yeah, but I mean, of the of the actors, he was actually oh, the only one that was like you know playing his age, which yeah. you know was caused some issues on the set. You know, being a kid and everything, but yeah. And you know, I wouldn't wish cancer on my worst enemy. No, it's, no. You know, it's it sucks, especially in like that case that where he didn't feel well, got it checked out, stage four lung cancer, and then he's gone like within a matter of weeks. Yeah. 
Yeah, to, well, it was a, a rough week for that because there was him. Uh, Christopher Plummer passed away a, a day or two mm-hmm. previously. Oh, yes. Uh, yes, I must have put adding that. Like, it, it, who, like, everybody's seen a movie with Christopher Plummer in it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. He, he defies all genres. He is. He was in Star Trek VI, which is arguably one of the best of the original Star Trek yeah. films. He was yeah. in The Sound of Music. It's, and it's, he's just a, he, he was one of those actors that every time he showed up, you knew it, he was going to be good. Not necessarily the production, because he is in a, a number of... Uh, uh, MST3K films or Rift Tracks movies, <laughs> but at the same yeah. time, is like he he usually put in a good performance. Him and Christopher Lee was like that too. He would show up in the weirdest stuff, and he was in a lot of MST3K movies too. Mm. Yep. And then also, um, actor uh, Cecily Tyson, she died this week too. Yeah. So there's just a lot of. A lot of sadness this week. Yeah, pro wrestler Butch Reed, who is uh, he? He isn't like a huge name outside of pro wrestling, but he is one of like the first well-known black tag team wrestlers, like that won a belt kind of thing. <sighs> but uh, yeah, okay. Happy news. Happy we got news. Any happy news. Happy <laughs> news. Uh, we've got some filming updates. Uh, Shazam 2, uh, which is going to be known as Shazam, Fury of the Gods, is set to start filming in late spring. You know, nice. Obviously COVID permitting. Uh, cool. There was rumors that uh, Henry Cavill may appear in this movie, but that seems to have been debunked as soon as it, pretty much as quickly as it appeared mm-hmm. uh, this week. But, you know, who knows? Uh, we are apparently. Oh, uh, Ewan McGregor came out during an interview and said that they'll be filming Obi Wan, uh, the Obi Wan Disney series, uh, later this spring, and that filming will be taking place in Los Angeles, which is odd because there's been all this talk of there being this and photos of Disney building more or less a Star Wars set in a small town and. Oh, shit, I don't know if it was in England or in Scotland. Yeah, or It was in England. In England, yeah, because some of the people in the small town are upset, and there's going to be too many people around now, and all this stuff. But they're doing it in like an old quarry, so it's not like they're doing something that's going to ruin the environment or anything like that. But The way they filmed Doctor Who for years and years in an old quarry. Yeah. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what's filming over there. But he said that, I guess, in this interview, he was going on, I guess even his father... Well, it would be like, oh, I, I hear you're film- going to be filming over here. And he's like, no, we're not. He's like, I don't care what the story and, and variety says. We're filming it in L.A. And so. Yeah. Uh, do, 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 do. Ooh. So back to monster movies for a second. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One that I, has, that I really enjoyed. Uh, Cloverfield. Uh, is actually going to be getting a direct sequel, apparently. Now, it's still early on. Uh, it's being worked on, but it's being worked on by Joe Barton, who we've, has been in our news recently because he's also the working on the Batman spinoff for HBO Max, Gotham City Police, or whatever it's going to be called. Um, 
So he's going to be writing the script for that. Now, this one is supposed to be an actual direct sequel to Cloverfield, unlike 10 Cloverfield Lane and mm. the Cloverfield Paradox, which were just like JJ's in you know his little version of of um, oh my god brain fart what's that series of Twilight uh, Zone yes thank you it was his own Twilight Zone since he couldn't do Twilight Zone so he just put things under the Cloverfield umbrella but uh, so this one sounds like it's going to be an actual sequel into that story in that universe with that monster. Mm. Uh, which I don't know that movie. I really enjoyed that movie when it came out, and then when I found all the social media and online presence that it had, which was really groundbreaking. It was one of the first ones to do the, that type of stuff. Yeah, uh, really added to the. Like it filled out the, the the rest of it for me. Like there was websites for the fake companies, uh, for all the all the characters had. Um, oh, what was that website? I never had a page. Well, pre-Facebook, that's how old it was. MySpace? Yeah, that's it. They all, all the things, Brent, look at that. You got, you got all the answers today. <laughs> uh, they, they all had MySpace pages that were active up until the release of the movie. And they were like going back and forth about the one guy who was going to be leaving and oh, they're going to be going to this party and all this stuff. And then once the movie released, then it all stopped. Because most of them died in yeah. the movie. So, but uh, it was pretty cool stuff. But yeah, so that's coming. That probably that's probably you know years away from now. Uh, ooh, The Mandalorian was nominated for best television series drama uh, for this uh, the seventy eighth annual Golden Globe Awards. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Uh, Kevin, did you happen to look at uh, any of the other nominees? I know we mentioned we were talking about it the other day. I can look that up right now. Globe stuff. Well, Mm -hmm. while Kevin looks that up, Um, (laughs) Keanu Reeves' new comic from Boom Studio, Berserker, uh, which hasn't come out yet, but it has reached a new record uh, because issue one has sold over 600,000 copies. Now, does that count the ones that were in the Kickstarter, or is that just like the the diamond numbers? I have no idea. I'm going to yeah. assume it's just the diamond numbers, because it says that you know, the records eclipsed only by the Marvel relaunch of Star Wars. Mm. Uh, so that because that one sold like a ton of comics, but uh, it'll be interesting. I you know. I'll admit he put out they put out a little promotional video where he's talking about it, and he sold me on it. I put. I've had. Uh, I asked Big B to put issue one, you know, to put it in my poll. So I'll give it a shot. It's like a twelve issue series. So we'll see. I I think I'm gonna pick it up and trade. I might pick up the first issue just to the just have issue one. But it's um, yeah, it's it's interesting to see how well it's doing, especially since it's got um, I don't know what the numbering is, but there is an incentive. Uh, point where like the shops get like a signed issue Mm. and I can't like back issue prices right now are ridiculous and I can't imagine what that signed issue is going to be going for on the secondary market oh yeah well just because it'll only be one out of how many issues like per per so many and then being officially signed and yeah 
that would be something to get if you well, <laughs> if you want to spend the money, which I'm assuming it'll probably be like in that hundred dollar range. What the signed the signed variant? Yeah. Oh, I, I imagine it's more than that because of the the availability of it, especially like like it's not. Well, it comes down to how like, is it? You know, how many did you have to get to get a signed variant? Yeah, that usually dictates what that price is, right? If it's one in one hundred and fifty, then it's probably going to be at least one hundred and fifty dollars to start. Mm-hmm. But it, it looks kind of cool. Nope. Did you want to know who those? Uh... Nominees are for the Golden Globes. Yeah, if you got anything interesting in there, hit yeah, us. yeah, just, just so, some quick ones. <laughs> the drama, the drama TV, um, drama television series, uh, Mandalorian, like you said, The Crown, Lovecraft Country, Ozark, and Ratched. Uh, musical or comedy, Emily in Paris, The Flight Attendant, The Great, Schitt's Creek, and Ted Lasso. Interesting. None of the shows are on regular network television. Not mm. a single one of them. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, and if you ask and... me, used to be, wasn't it? What's that? Didn't Schitt's Creek used to be on regular television? Uh, well, yeah. it's on CBC. Yeah. In the states, though, yeah. it's on. The, yeah, it's on it's somewhere else in the U.S. Cable. It's on a channel called Pop. Ah. In the states, yeah. Um, and then the films. Um. It's a weird year for films. Uh, yeah. Best drama: The Father, Mank, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, and The Trial of the Chicago Seven. Musical or comedy: Borat's subsequent movie film, Hamilton, Music, Palm Springs, and The Prom. And then best uh, animated film: The Crudes, A New Age, Onward, Over the Moon, Soul, and Wolfwalkers. Mm. This is this is the year that Netflix uh, puts in dominance in. The awards categories, because yeah. this is the year the all, all the awards had no choice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, so, for listening to those people that were nominated, the Mandalorian has a shot. Yeah, yeah. I've heard uh, really Golden Globe about- definitely. Yeah, because it's voted. It's voted by uh, Golden Globe is the the press, so yeah, not necessarily critics per se. Yeah. I've heard great things, things about uh, about Lovecraft Country too. So. Oh yes, no, yeah. that that would be. I think it's gonna be one of those two because I've well, I've seen both of those and they're both good. Like yeah, mm. I know our friend Nate Milton has recommended Lovecraft uh, Country to me like numerous times. So yeah. All right. Okay, I got just uh, two more little things. Uh, ooh, so starting this weekend. Uh, episodes of the real Ghostbusters cartoon will be available for free on the Ghostbusters YouTube channel. They no. had a whole campaign of there were some ads that were like, bring it, get your cereal ready. We're bringing back Saturday mornings. So, which makes yeah. me think that they could be releasing them on Saturday mornings and adding, I think, like, what well, there might only be two right now. Uh, but so yeah, so they're going to be uh, releasing episodes of the real Ghostbusters and like. That show had a really good writing team. Yeah. Like Jay Michael Stravinsky wrote a number of episodes. Paul Dini was on that writing staff. Like it's, mm-hmm. it, it, it's like a bunch of guys who have gone on to do really good things. And there, there's a couple of those episodes that I really remember like being good at the time. So I wouldn't mind revisiting it. Yeah. There's some good spooky ones. There's some good, some good science sci-fi 
cartoon episode, like episodes in that cartoon. So, mm. uh, oh, so there's been s- rumored sightings of William Defoe on the set of Spider-Man Three. Yeah. Now, between what's going on in WandaVision, which and, we will get into later, which we'll get into, yeah. So no spoilers yet, and all the other rumors beforehand for this Spider-Man 3 movie, um, some of those rumors now could be coming, have be more likely to happen after what's mm-hmm. happened in this past episode of WandaVision? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and <laughs> have you, I, I read it somewhere that apparently, um, uh, what's his face? The, the guy who plays Spider-Man currently. Um, Tom, Tom Holland. Tom Holland. Uh, people keep asking him about like Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield, and he he all there's a possibility he's either throwing out a red herring or he sort of screwed up anyways. Basically said that they're not telling him if they're in the movie or not. That's funny. <laughs> Which, so, given the amount of like goofs he's made over the years, don't blame them if that's the the truth. But yeah. also, Aww, I can very much see on. that's like that might be the standard line that he's just giving right now. He might have learned his lesson. Yeah. Um, so Tom did tweet out some photos of. I guess his younger brother has a role in this movie. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So there's photos of him with his brother, and I think it was his brother's riding on his back, like on his shoulders or something like this, or or he's on his brother's shoulders, one or the other. They're like you know goofing, goofing around. But I guess he's got, uh, yeah, he's got a role in the movie. And then, uh, so to, to add to the f- the flames, like to feed the fire, apparently they they have signed. To- you know, they, they was, the whole thing was that to- uh, yeah, Toby McGuire was holding out for more money. Mm-hmm. Uh, but apparently, this week the, the talk was that Disney, that Disney they they came to or Disney Marvel, and you know that they all came to an agreement with them and signed, and so he's been signed on. Yeah. Um and that Andrew Garfield wherever they're filming Andrew Garfield is is in that city because a a pizza delivery guy tweeted out that he delivered pizza to him. Yeah. <laughs> and you can see the tag or something like the and it has like the city tag or whatever like the in the tweet is is where they are filming and stuff so. Yeah. Well, let's take all this with a grain of salt, but oh, there, yeah. there no, is no. evidence this... to suggest that it is a possibility. Yeah. Yes, there is. All right. Mm. And Anything as far else? as news goes, that's it for me. I got one. Hit it. Uh, okay. Just, just sort of came down the pipe ye- late yesterday, maybe even early today. Um, Blade, the the movie that version that starring. Uh, oh, oh, I the, feel the bad. Mahershala the, Ali. Thank yeah. you. You pronounced it much better than I would have. Uh, not only has a new title. It also has a writer attached to it. So the the working title is now apparently Blade the Vampire Slayer. Don't know how I feel about that, but <laughs> there, there's an, there, there's another B the Vampire Slayer sitting out around there that I think <laughs> sort of owns that title. And I think you could just get away with calling it Blade, but we'll, we'll see what it goes to by the time they actually make this thing. But... Uh, Stacy Osai uh, Kufor, 
Kufour, um, who is mainly known as a, a playwright, but she did write uh, on uh, Watchmen, like the, the limited series, the HBO series. Okay. Is, it has been signed on as the writer for the film. So that's looking like it's starting to chug along. And uh, we also got like weird confirmation of uh, the Peacekeeper series that uh, James Gunn is writing and directing and John Cena is starring in is underway in filming. They've been teasing things on Instagram and all that. And John Cena has come out and said uh, that it is mathematically impossible that he will be at WrestleMania this year because he is filming the series and for him to quarantine do the show quarantine go back to filming like it would just take way too much time mm. and and while john is very good at uh throwing these curveballs at wrestling fans and he'll show up anyways i don't see that as being the case this year just no. like mm. logistically it, he would have to be in quarantine like what are the what are they making people do now 14 days Something yeah. like yeah. that. Well, unless they do one of those pre-taped matches where they have whoever's going to fight them show up at the coming to the set and they wrestle on the set of wherever he's filming. Yeah, uh, but then even then, that person's got to do the quarantining. Yeah, so that I, person quarantines. It would be now a little bit easier, but it's it would have to be somebody they don't that WWE yeah. doesn't want to do anything with, like after WrestleMania for at least two to three weeks. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's, it's I'm I'm oddly looking forward to that series because I think it's going to be very violent, but also very comedic. And John Cena's gotten pretty good at comedy, like his comedic roles in films yeah, in the last he's... while have been pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Other than uh, it, it, him being the missing Toretto sibling in the next Fast and Furious movie. <laughs> Because, yeah, he looks like he's related to Vin Diesel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, that, I, I just saw Don't both of those. Uh, so, you did remind me, have you guys seen the set photos uh, that have leaked out from the filming of Thor Love and Thunder? Yes. I've seen a couple of them, yeah. Where it's starting to, Thor's starting to look a little more like uh, that uh, Thunderstruck Thor. Or Thunderstrike? Uh, yeah, Thunderstrike, yeah. sorry. Yeah. yeah, he's sort of um, sort of uh, heavy metal rock and roll Thor. Yeah. And apparently they're going to be uh, filming a lot of the movie in uh, a version of the volume, what they uh, filmed The Mandalorian in. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Disney, uh, Disney is starting to float those out to more sets. Yep. I think it's a way to keep be able to do these huge budget movies and keep costs low because they right now who knows if box offices are going to be in the future like right. soon so Right. I have also heard that they're going to take a day while they're filming Thor Love and Thunder to film all of the film elements for the Guardians of the Galaxy ride that's supposed to be opening at Epcot soon. That's one of the holdups with that ride is they were supposed to film all of the all of the screen based stuff mm-hmm. during a day when they're filming Guardians Three, but everything's been pushed back, so that has they haven't been together. So they're trying to yeah. figure out a way to, to get the film elements uh, done while they're filming Thor: Love and Thunder. 
Well, there's a lot of there's a lot of stories of the various Guardians cast members being down there, so it wouldn't yes. surprise me if they they do that at the same time. It it only makes sense. Yeah. Um. All right. Um. Well, like I said, this is sort of an unofficial episode. Episode. So, uh, can we talk about how good WandaVision is? Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, this show is so good. Potential yeah. spoilers lay forward. <laughs> Just if you haven't seen it yet or don't want spoilers for the past couple of episodes, stop now because. It's hard to talk about the latest episode without giving away the one of the biggest spoilers of the entire series so far. Right. All right. Yeah. Okay. Now, if you keep going, listener, it's your own fault. <laughs> <laughs> all righty. So, um, it looks like like all of our theories, like there, there's bits and pieces of all of them that seem plausible at this point. Yep. Um, uh, I don't know where to begin. <laughs> I, I'm going to say right now that I don't think, I think Wanda, I think Wanda is, is doing all of this, but I don't know if she's responsible. I think Correct. she's being manipulated. Yeah. That's my take. Yeah. That's my hope anyway. Now, we, yeah, Ryan, what I think too. that's what I hope too. Yeah, Ryan and I were talking yesterday, and Ryan has an interesting take on it that I'm not positive about, but it is definitely plausible. Okay. Does Ryan remember what I'm talking about? Yes, I do. I was just waiting for my turn to t- to, 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 to talk about it. To, 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 to. Yeah, sorry. As I stutter all over the place. Um, yeah, you're so excited oh. to talk about it. <laughs> so, when we, the, in this this past episode, there's been a lot of things where the the hiccups in the matrix, more or less, right? Like the part where um, Agnes was like, "Oh, do you do you want me to retake this? Do you want yeah. me to take the top?" Like where she's totally like making it like it's a show. Like she's like, "Oh, I like oh Scarlet Witch is uh, she's controlling things, but uh, oops, I messed things up. Am I supposed to redo this? What's going on?" Yeah, and you know. Wanda's kind of like acting like she doesn't know what she's talking about and playing along and all this. But so the part when she goes outside and we see her in her Avengers outfit and we hear her with her accent. Yep. And she's angry and mad and turns all the guns on the guy. (sighs) Yeah. Part of me wonders if that wasn't really Wanda. You don't think it was Wanda? Was it whatever is controlling all of this pretending to be Wanda? I like because, that idea. Well, we saw how she wasn't, you know, she was in the world. She's, you know, she she understands what's going on. She's controlling things, but also not controlling things. Uh, she's influencing things. But then she's also not, she doesn't, she doesn't think she's hurting anybody. She doesn't want to hurt anybody. When she ejected Monica, she didn't hurt her. She no. literally pushed her out the fourth wall, yeah. but didn't <laughs> hurt her. 
Yeah, and like made sure that she was okay. Yeah. Like, that's what Monica said. Like, she protected me as I was flying through. She could have killed me, but she protected me. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so that just makes me kind of give me the feeling that it's like, you know, especially there's about all kinds of talk that it's, oh, it's Mephisto, Mephisto, Mephisto. Or, but even if it's not Mephisto, if it's, you know, even if it turns out maybe it's just a split in personality, maybe, you know, she doesn't realize what she's doing. And just for her to walk out like that and be like that and then come back and be like, Doo-doo-doo. but then I guess, you know, they did just try to shoot her and her, her family with a True. missile. Or True. did they? What, you think that that might not have been real either? We didn't actually see the, the rocket launch or anything. No. No, but he did say to ro- to launch it. So mm. uh, they at least attempted to. You know, yeah, she probably stopped it, but... Because obviously nobody she... got hurt because she, she can't bring people back from the dead. Or can she? I don't think she <laughs> can. <laughs> And this, okay, so here's the major spoiler for those of you who persisted in listening and didn't want spoilers. So at the end of the episode, we get Quicksilver, but we get the X-Men Days of Future Past uh, first class Quicksilver. Right. We get that actress. Not the one that was her brother. No. So That was her husband in Godzilla. Yes. Correct. (laughs) Was it really? Uh, yeah, yeah. In the, they were husband and wife in Godzilla. Godzilla. Okay. Because both yeah. both movies came out like within months of one another too, I think, or a year of one it was another. The same same year, yeah, I think. Yeah. So my thought is is she cannot bring back the dead, but her power was such that she was because we again. This ties in to Doctor Strange and the madness, uh, the multiverse of madness. Mm-hmm. She and we and all the stuff we've also been hearing about Spider-Man. She plucked a living Quicksilver out of a different universe. Yeah, yeah, that's my thought too. But maybe even to- unknowingly that, but that's how the power manifested it. That Quicksilver, though, is from a different time as well as a different dimension. Uh, well, yeah, but he's been warped, right? True. Yeah, it, like it, like everybody else. He is currently stuck in the 80s like everybody else in that show is. Yeah, at, which yeah. the last time we saw him, it was in the 80s. Yeah. Okay, that's right. But, um, yeah, so I think that's, we start getting the, the multiverse stuff very very shortly and the reason why vision's alive is he's he's not a he's not completely a living being that's all that's always been one of the the cornerstones of playing around with that character is he alive is is he not like the like data in star trek right right Is, is he a sentient being or is he just a machine now i i think seeing her go in and picking him up from the sword facility, I don't think that's as it the what's his name the uh, the director of that. I don't think it's as he wants us to see it. I think much like I I said earlier, but I said it was aim. 
I think Sword was experimenting or trying to crack the code of Vision through his body. Wanda yeah. found out and went in to get it. Now, yeah. whether that's what caused her to have like a mental breakdown, or because we also see that Vision is in pieces, like he is on multiple tables in Sword. Mm-hmm. Is whether that's and what I, caused her to have the the breakdown, or whether it's something else? I think they were experimenting with. So, I, I've said last time that you know the way she was at the end of the last movie too, like suddenly crazy, like it didn't make sense that all of a sudden, like there would have had to have been a trigger. And I, it kind of makes sense to me that seeing uh, Vision's dismembered body, which would apparently against his will that he become a weapon. Um, I think that probably would have been enough to see the man that she loves in pieces all over a lab. That would probably be enough to make her snap. And that I would buy if that's what actually happened. Yeah. Right. I, I have to agree with that. Yeah. Uh, so here's the, the other question is who do you think the bad guys are at this point? I've seen so many theories. <laughs> yeah, you Dottie. Like, you think it might be Dottie? We haven't seen her yeah, since that I, one I, episode. Is the only my only thought against that? Yeah, well, a bad uh, guy doesn't have to show up in every episode. No, I don't true. think. I don't think that Agnes. I think Agnes has something to do with it, but I don't think she's a villain because she's always the helpful person. Like, she's the one who's kind of explaining to Wanda in that first episode of what's going on in the way that she can. And, you know, she's there to take care of the kids if she can. So I feel like she's part of it, but she might be there more as a a help. Right. Like, she's not, she she may have been part of of causing whatever happened, but I don't think that she's there as as a bad, like a bad force. Right. <laughs> so like she was in the comics, like she was protect she was raising her kids in the comics, right? Brent? Mm. She wasn't really a necessarily a bad witch or anything like that at well, first. Well, I or... think she she it, it comes and goes. Kind of okay. like Wanda herself, really. Yeah. <laughs> and I also think they already played Wanda as a villain in Age of Ultron. I don't think like I said before, I don't think that they would do that again. But I mean, I could be wrong. Well, it's just like I don't think she's the full-on villain. Like I think she's controlling things. Like she is re- partly responsible for what's going on, but something, yeah. someone, so, is manipulating her. Something has boosted her powers because mm. this is like as yeah, we saw her almost take out Thanos by herself until he brought down the thunder on top of her. Yeah. But this is a whole other level. Like it's like they were saying, it's the the dome itself is you know it's shaped like a hex, yeah, which is great. And then we're almost at the point where they want to start calling it hex magic, but they haven't yet. Mm. Just like they they alluded to her, what her code name is, or what people were trying to talking about her calling her, and uh, Wu wouldn't call her the Scarlet Witch. Nobody's ever yeah. called her the Scarlet Witch on screen. Yeah. No, no, but. They they said the what is it the the dome is it's heavy the it's a, what creation energy creation radiation whatever they called it when the when uh, what's her name first showed up 
and she was doing her readings. So if it's all this creation energy, which also could explain you know, when it, when she went back in and it got super powered again, it would have got red, and, which makes it look like it got like she dialed it up. And then we have the possible crossover from another you know universe that could you know it's all like somebody's juicing up her powers. Mm. And then the 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 medical scans of Monica, I think we're gonna find out now she's gonna end up with her powers. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what her powers are other than being something to do with light. Monica has the ability in the comics to change her body into any form of energy from anywhere on the electromagnetic spectrum. Mm. And all those mm. scans turned out like just flashed. So Yeah. Well, we I I think we might we'll get hints of that, but we won't fully see it until Captain Marvel too. Yeah. Because we we already know she's in that, so and something's clearly going on between with, with her and Captain Marvel. She's not necessarily yeah. really happy with her. Well, she that might not... that might have been that her like she didn't she's been out in space the entire time and didn't go to see her her supposed her best friend dying in the hospital. Which we don't know. Maybe she may have been with her. Yeah, when but, she died, but she doesn't know this. There, there's yeah. lots of possible reasons why, yeah. or you know, maybe she. It's just that like little kid thing of like she said she would come back and she didn't for like a decade. Yeah. So we'll see. It's we're who knew that this was going to set up so much of the MCU going (laughs) forward. Yeah. Like between this and like it really like what are the stakes in Falcon and Winter Soldier going to be like? Is that going to set up like the other half of shit going wrong? (laughs) Now, what do you think of the rumors of all these people talking about this is going to introduce Fantastic Four? I don't think so. The aerospace engineer that she knows that could build this mobile bunker for her is Reed Richards. Well, the the uh, the clothes that Monica put on after they took away her bulletproof uh, bell bottoms uh, Mm. was (laughs) a was sort of reminiscent of a Fantastic Four blue uniform. Maybe the fantastic there was, and there was talk of a of a space mission where not everybody came back. You know that could also be uh, uh, um, laying the foundation for yeah for the Fantastic Four. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't see it. I, I think. I, they, I think they they put that line in there so we might think about it that way, but yeah. uh, I don't think so. Or at yeah. the very least, if it does down the road end up connecting, we won't find out during this series. Yeah. It'll be whenever right. they finally inter- you know, announce the Fantastic Four and we see the movie and find out that, yeah, that's who she was talking about and they yeah. were that accident and so on and so forth. Yeah. Um, do you think the director is a bad guy or is he just like in my hypothesis, like he just was allowing vision to be experimented on. Like, do you think he's an actual villain to the show or is he just like a shitty guy? If that mm. makes any sense. I hope yeah. he's a villain. Cause I don't like him. <laughs> I mostly just think he's a douchebag. Like he's just that, you know, that shitty, you know, the shitty director. That's like 
you know, that you get in these shows that's like, I'm going to, I want the weapon and I'm going to drop the bomb and I'm going to tear apart the robot to find out what makes it tick. Not necessarily, I am a Hydra or an AIM agent or. One interesting theory I read, uh, because I can't stop reading interesting theories, (laughs) is that maybe the bad guy behind everything is Zola. I saw that one online today too. Yeah. Because he was instrumental in getting Wanda her powers. He has television. He's like a television-based entity with the uh, big screen. Uh Yeah. Okay. You know? Uh, And uh, so... Was Zola instrumental in her getting her powers? Yeah. He was part of the Hydra experiments. Well, we don't know that, though. We know he was out there, but we don't know that he was necessarily working with them. Because like, I guess we don't see him until uh, Winter Civil Soldier. Was Winter Soldier? Winter was it Winter Soldier? Well, yeah, that's that Winter Soldier. Was, was that before, before or after? That was before Age of Ultron, wasn't it? Okay. So he, but he gets was he at that point? He's supposed to be in all the computers in the bunker. Uh-huh. And he gets blown up. Yeah, yes, but, but that doesn't necessarily mean he didn't put himself into the internet or something. Like, no, as a writer, but... there are a ton of oh, ways you can yes. write him out of that. So that's just one thing I thought. The commercial yeah, this week, the commercial this week for Lagos brand paper towels, that's just cementing the fact that all of those sort of commercial breaks are dealing with Wanda's most tragic events in her life. Yeah. 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 There's also a theory that the, the the couple that we see in all those commercials, those are her parents. Oh. Which which that. adds on more to that, like it's all trauma, right? Yeah. If any I'm Avenger s- has been through trauma, it's Wanda. Yeah. I'm so. so interested in seeing where this goes, but I'm also really don't want it to end because I know it's not gonna end happy. Like, I don't see any reason or way that it could. Like, yeah. mm. I other, don't want that for Wanda. I like her. <laughs> the other big question I have is, if Wanda is controlling everything, including Vision, why is Vision now snapping out of it? Because uh, he's not magical. Like, he's a robot. Like, like yeah. I think that I think that's part of it. Or... At, on some level, she doesn't want him to be a slave. She wants him to be willing to be there, if that makes any sense. Yeah. I guess so. With broken pieces of her or personality. That, goes back to, that, that might go back to the theory that it's not her who initiated all this. So she's not the one who has control over him. It's mm. whoever started this whole thing has control over both of them and she may be controlling everyone else or they may think that she is but she's but she she's not controlling vision so we're going to get a flashback episode at some point explaining everything yeah like explaining how wanda got to this point and it might be like once she got sucked into this world then like vision showed up at her door you know because he, he also can't remember that he has some of the things he seems to be breaking out of the spells or isn't 
affected by them as much. But at the same time, he has no memory of anything before they hit the town. Yeah. Yeah. I like that when the kids are like, where's dad? Oh, he's at work. But it's Saturday. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Well, well, dad needed a, he needed a distraction. <laughs> a distraction from what? Oh, from seeing the, the, the seams in the, in the Matrix. And yeah. see, that's the other interesting part is the the magic of the the sitcom universe doesn't seem to be affecting the kids, like they they are cognizant of how time really works. Yeah. yeah. Well, the fact that they can grow and themselves they, up. They, okay, yeah, you have to be ten to have a puppy. Okay, yeah. now we're ten. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I no. I love that I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, me too. Like. There are certain things that we keep getting sort of like, okay, it's leading us this way, but it could, as I said last episode, could easily go completely different ways. But I have faith <laughs> that this is going to stick the landing. <laughs> All righty. So eh, let's, uh, let's head into uh, the, the, the end game of this episode and geek picks. Who wants to go first? Hmm. Oh, well, oh, go ahead, go then, ahead. Ryan. No. Okay. Uh, I will go. Uh, go for it. So I'm making my way through my nerd list, and I it's been a while since a movie had popped up on my nerd list, and I was excited when this movie was the next one for me to watch, and I just recently watched Back to the Future Part Two, which is a very fun movie. You know, it's the it's the Timey wimey, twisty wisty, timey wimeyest of all the Back to the Future movies, and mm. I kind of love it. <laughs> so yeah, Back to the Future Part Two. It is on Amazon Prime. Enjoy. Oh, also, uh, the Expanse. Oh my gosh, the season finale of the Expanse this week, and we can't talk about it because certain people on this podcast haven't watched it yet. So uh, just do yourselves a favor and watch the season finale of the Expanse. Well, watch the whole series. But get to the season finale. It's very good. And my rant is is, is is Ryan the one who hasn't watched the end yet? Or are you talking about me it, and Brent? You and Brent. <laughs> oh, I, I'm never going to watch that show. So you can spoil it for me. I don't know about Brent. What show is that? The Expanse. The Expanse. Yeah, go ahead. You can talk about the ending. No, That's we fine. can't talk about it yet because it's my geek pick. Okay, oh, okay. Uh, my geek pick is the latest season of The Expanse, which just finished this past week. And The Expanse <laughs> continues to be such good sci-fi. If you're not watching it, you should be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's very good, and it's it, it set us our characters up in an interesting place at the at the end of the season. And uh, they had to make some changes to the cast, and they've already. Uh, sort of handled that, so it's just exciting. Yeah. Brent, you really should be my watching. turn. Go ahead, Jen. Yep. Um. So my geek pick. <laughs> so okay. So Karina and Serena and Tracy and I, who have all been on the show, <laughs> um, decided to kind of start watching movies on Saturday nights. So basically mm-hmm. we do, we pick a movie, then we go three, two, one, play, and we, we all watch it and chat over Facebook, which is fun. I mean, since I can't see them in person, it's nice to be able to watch mm-hmm. a movie with them. Uh, so the last movie we watched was Groundhog Day, the classic with Bill Murray, which I had not <coughs> yes. seen 
probably since it came out. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So I had completely, I had like no recollection of this movie at all. And it's really, really good. So if you haven't seen Groundhog Day, or if you haven't seen it in years, like I hadn't, I highly recommend that you watch it. It's on Netflix. Um, mm. And then because it was Groundhog Day recently, it kept coming up everywhere. And like every YouTube video I saw, Groundhog Day popped up. All the podcasts I was listening to, they talked about the movie. So I feel like I've been inundated with Groundhog Day lately. <laughs> <laughs> But it still did not diminish my enjoyment of that movie. So uh, you should definitely watch Groundhog Day on Netflix. That's my geek pick. <laughs> cool. So I'm going a little differently. Uh, I'm going with a documentary. In, in this case, the 2020 documentary, You Cannot Kill David Arquette. Okay. Uh, so um, Ryan is familiar with the story, but you guys might not be. In the uh, early 2000s, David Arquette made a crappy wrestling movie called Ready to Rumble. Okay. So as part of that, they did, it was all centered around a, a league called WCW, which was the other big wrestling company at the time. It was owned by Ted Turner. Um, so... As part of the promotion for that film, David Arquette became the WCW world champion. And it is often regarded by wrestling fans as him being the worst world champion in the history of pro wrestling. Mm. Uh, so what this documentary is, is um, David's acting career is not going particularly well. It's not really going anywhere. No, nope. he's got enough money to to live the rest of his life, and like you know, he'll keep doing scream cameos. But he still loves pro wrestling. Like he loved it as a kid. It was something he watched with his dad, and he kind of wants to get that respect back. So a like nearly fifty year old David Arquette gets back into the ring and starts doing indie shows, and it's the documentary about him actually training as a wrestler. Cause the first time around he didn't really do any training or anything like that. He just did like the other guys kind of carried him. And now he's, he's doing it kind of himself and getting well-trained, including guys who are now well-known to wrestling fans because they work for AEW. There's a, he tag teams with a Toronto wrestler for a while. RJ city, who is like a guy who just shows up in our neighborhood so it, it's a really fascinating look at this guy who kind of feels he has some unfinished business and he really doesn't have to do what he ends up doing, but does it anyways. <laughs> and like how his family reacts to it and stuff like the first chunk of it is his daughter, like his oldest daughter that he had with Courtney Cox is like so embarrassed by this idea and then by the end of it, she's getting into it because he's actually doing okay. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's it's an interesting look at like an actor whose career is kind of not doing so well, so he decides to take a left turn. <laughs> it's on. Uh, I I can't remember if it's on Netflix or on Prime right now. It's on one of the two. So that is it for this episode of uh, True North Nerds. 
Uh, we'll go around the table and talk about everybody else's shows. Uh, let's start with Ryan. With me? Okay. Uh, well, Ed and I have uh, Tales from the Collectorverse. Comes out the third Thursday of every month. Uh, episode one is available now. It's part of the stream. Episode two will be coming out in a couple weeks. Uh, we've got some big plans moving forward for some things on how we're going to do our show and things we're going to talk about. Uh, it's it's We're having fun with it, and uh, I look forward to uh, to putting the next episode out. So, yeah, you can find us, uh, Tales from the Collectorverse. All righty. Uh, Kevin. So I just, uh, just not long before uh, we recorded this, I recorded the latest episode of Galaxy Class. That will be out. Uh, that will be out in your feeds already as you hear this. Um, and I'm also working on Stage Whispers. We just did our sort of 2020, the year in review in live theater in the area. Uh, that episode just came out as well, and we're having a good time with that. Um, I'm still on a, a bit of a hold with my new project. It's coming, but uh, it'll be here eventually, uh, and you'll hear about that once uh, once it's ready to launch. So I'm uh, busy podcasting, which is good, because it's keeping me sane during these crazy, crazy times. Yeah. Jen. Uh, well, we're getting close to the end of season one of Sailor Snacking. Uh, the next episode is coming out, uh, if I've got my calculations correct, it's coming out on February the 15th. Uh, and that's episodes 39 and 40 of our, of the 46 episodes. So we're getting close to the end of season one, uh, which means that we got to start recording season two. So keep listening to Sailor Snacking, the uh, podcast where Tracy and I review every episode of classic sailor moon anime and we have a yummy snack with a guest um and season two we're going to do the first season of sailor moon crystal so it's kind of like season 1.5 uh before we get into season two of the classic 1990 sailor moon uh so yeah keep listening to that and uh well i'm mainly doing this show there there might be a couple extras in the near future and you know i'm floating out things. Uh, I have a little bit of extra time on my hands, so <laughs> I, I can potentially do some more stuff. Uh, in the meantime, beyond True North Nerds, I also have a radio show on Max FM 89.1 out of Aurelia. You can find it online. It's every Thursday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for called The Dark Side. It's a lot of industrial and uh, goth music, and yeah, it's it's still a lot of fun for me to put together. We will return with this show in two weeks. What are we going to be doing? Ah, we'll figure it out in the meantime. <laughs> more WandaVision! <laughs> more WandaVision. Well, we'll, Probably we'll more definitely WandaVision. be talking about WandaVision. That's going <laughs> to suck up a lot of our, our time because it's so good. Um, in the meantime, we hope you'll come back in two weeks and uh, stay safe, everyone. Bye. Bye. See ya. Set your phasers to sexy. Thank you for listening to the True North Nerds. You can find us at truenorthnerds.com or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at truenorthnerds. To contact one or any of the nerds, you can email them at truenorthnerds at gmail.com. Theme music provided by Kirby Crackle. You can find more of their music at kirbycracklemusic.com. If you like this show, please go to your podcast app of choice and rate and review us.